Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. I'm pleased to announce that we are now available on iTunes. If you go to the store and search for Sutton Podcast, you should find us from there and you can subscribe to be notified whenever a new episode is live. Joining me for a chat today is new Sutton fan Craig Nicholson and a new inductee to our Hall of Fame, Lenny Dennis. First of all, here's a song from Michael Armstrong and it's called... Well, I try hard to remember, but where do I begin? It's something deep inside you, it's underneath the skin. And I've tried my best to shake it, but it never goes away. She knows I might never make it, but she begs me to stay and turn her on. When the DJ's got a song. Give me music from the rafters Give me songs and souvenirs Give me dancing in the aisles Keep me smiling through these tears Tell me we can be together But it's not as it appears Give me wall-to-wall vision But the radio years Made the man I Beside her, though she flirts with everyone from Jackson to Sinatra and those kids at number one. And she's always a temptation, she never lets me down. If I wake up, she'll be willing to take me to town rock and roll. Yeah, she's the devil in my soul. Give me music from the rafters Give me songs and souvenirs 
version of the radio years made the man I wanna be. the radio years from michael armstrong for more information please visit his website which is www.michaelarmstrongmusic.co.uk or as usual the featured artist section of our website www.suttonpodcast.co.uk now joining me is craig nicholson he's a relative newcomer to the club hi craig please tell us about yourself who are you yeah that's an excellent question mike um so like you say i'm a new sutton fan i've been going to sutton pretty much on and off for a couple of years now I'm actually now a half-season ticket holder, so I, I sort of consider myself edging towards being a proper fan now, and I would definitely like to get a season ticket properly next season, so I think I will be renewing to take advantage of the offer. But um, to give a bit of background, I'm actually a, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, really. I used to live in Sheffield. I was up there for years, so season ticket holder up there for a long time. Moved down to London about four years ago now for work reasons, and obviously ever since I've been you know, trying to... Keep my keep my eye on with football. Obviously, travelling up to Sheffield and back isn't ideal. A little bit expensive, and uh, you know, t- takes up a lot of your weekend doing that. So, uh, yeah, just tried to sort of take in some games. You know, obviously in London, there's plenty of choice, and uh, sort of um, came to came to weekends where there weren't uh, football league games. You know, international breaks, and I've got a few friends, and we sort of decided, oh, let's let's start going to some non-league grounds. You know, let's see some football that we don't really see much of. Let's take in some non-league grounds, and uh, one of the weekends. It was my turn, so I just sort of looked at a map, really, put a pin in the map. Oh, yeah, Sutton United, that'll do. Pop down and see them. It was actually a uh, Sutton Common Rovers game. But uh, a few of us went down there, and I just really liked the feel of the place. You know, it was a really friendly place. Seemed like a nice atmosphere. I think the thing that stuck with me was the fact you could just wander up the tunnel, turn right into the bar, have a drink, come back out, watch the rest of the game. It just really stuck with me. So, uh that was that was 2015, and uh, that was obviously, as it turned out, for Sutton United, it was a fantastic season. And uh, obviously, I kept my eye on the team, went to a game, I think about a month after the, the Sutton Common Rovers game, and took that in and really enjoyed that. And then, as I said, kept, kept an eye on the results and pretty much kept coming back from then on. And uh, obviously, the way things have gone for Sutton ever since, it's been pretty hard not to get involved in the whole thing and the way, you know, the crowds have risen and the fact, you know, the promotion, a sort of decent season last season in the league, but also the amazing cup run, which, you know, caught the attention of the world. And then again, this season, fantastic effort in the league, you know, to to still be second in the league and in with a really good shout of winning the league. I imagine people who have been watching Sutton for, you know, decades must be pinching themselves. So I feel, you know, almost a bit of an imposter really, but at the same time, really enjoying the fact that I've got involved at Sutton at probably the most exciting time the club's had for years, if ever. So, yeah, that's that's a little introduction to how I got involved, really. 
Excellent. I mean, you mentioned quite a few things there. Um, one, just one little thing. I, I, I have a very insular look on life. I tend to look at Sutton United's results, what's going on with Sutton, and I actually don't pay an awful lot of attention to what's going on elsewhere. Um, had you heard of Sutton before popping down? I would say uh, probably like most people, I'd heard of Sutton for one reason, and that was for the FA Cup shock against Coventry way back when. I think it was just about, I was just about alive then. But uh, that was that was the one thing I knew about Sutton. But I must admit, before I went, I didn't know where the ground was. I didn't know what league Sutton were in. So, yeah, when I, when I first went along, you know, I did my little basic research just to find out, you know, what's going on, what league are they in. But yeah, I must admit, until I sort of became semi-regular at Sutton, I, would, I couldn't have told you much at all about the club. It is the exact kind of people that we've been trying to get to the ground. I mean, if you, you may or may not have heard... A few years ago, I think it was, I corrected um, AB on this and I can't remember. About four or five years ago, our season ticket sales were four, three, four hundred. Um, and it was small crowds we're playing in front of. Um, all right for us, but relatively small crowds. And looking back now, you can think, well, my God, they're really small crowds. Um, and now he's got a genuine hope for 2,000 season tickets due to similar people like yourself who have either moved into the area, not. Um, got a main club or their main clubs up north or elsewhere or a lot of people disillusioned with league football yes absolutely yeah you do see that a lot and you know you look at the ticket prices that's been a big thing I mean I don't know whether certain fans will be familiar with what's going on at Sheffield Wednesday but that's been a big thing about the the prices that are being charged out at the moment it's really kind of pricing out fans people people like say getting disillusioned with just sort of kind of you know top flight upper league football in general and like I said, a lot of people are sort of going back and finding non-league clubs, going along and seeing, you know, a club like Sutton is the perfect example of a proper community club. Everyone makes you feel welcome from the very first time you go. You know, people say hello, people kind of recognise your face. You know, you go into the club afterwards and the players come in and, you know, it's such a community feel to the place. And you just don't really get that in, in you know, the championship and obviously certainly not the Premier League these days. So, yeah, there's just so much value in sort of going back to you know, a club that actually actually does have its roots in the community and, you know, really does what it can to make the community feel part of it. I, I was going to just say that must seem really bizarre to, to someone who's never had it before, where you're, you're sitting in the bar having a drink and next thing the manager strolls through, the players stroll through and you're just looking at them thinking, hang on a minute, you're not supposed to be in here. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's so strange. You know, you're trying to imagine that in, again, like I say, sort of Premier League Championship level, you can just sort of nudge someone on the shoulder and say, oh, you know, well played today. I think, I actually remember the first Sutton game I went to, um, it was a 2-2 draw against Maidenhead and uh, Tom Bollerinwa had a fantastic game and I think that stuck with me. And I seem to remember I tweeted him after the game and just said, oh, you know, came to watch Sutton today, you were fantastic. And I think he actually tweeted me back sort of saying, oh, thanks, mate. And I just thought, you know, you can imagine doing that to a top-flight footballer. Just, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even see your tweet. Like, I learned acknowledge it. Little things like that that do, you know, it really impresses you. It makes you think, oh, yeah, you know, I want to take an interest in this club and I'm going to go back for sure. Well, um, I've mentioned my nephew Josh a couple of times. He comes with me to games, or used to come with me to games. Um, little things like that with Doswell um, has, has done amazing for him because just we went to one of the away games. He obviously recognised us at some point of coming down. He nodded hello, just said, hello, pal. He is Josh's friend for life. That's it. He's, 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 he's loyal to Doswell. Doswell can do no wrong in his eyes just because he said, hello, pal. And he's brilliant at those little tiny things, just nodding to you, saying hello, making sure he might not recognise every single person. I'm sure he recognises lots of them, but he knows you know him. And it's those little details like the, <clears throat> have you noticed at the end of every match, win, lose or draw, every match comes over to thank everyone for being there. Um, it's kind of part of the players' warm down to do that little half lap of thanking everyone. 
Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a really good time for us. And as you say, the last three seasons have been just one on top of the other. It's all moulding into one just ma- magical experience for me because, as you say, we've um, been through some dark times. Um, not as dark as some other clubs because we've always had a club. Um, but it's it's just amazing at the moment. Imagine a couple of seasons ago when Sutton were in the National South. You know, if you could have told them now that a couple of years on they would have played Arsenal at the ground and now now they've reached a stage where they're actually having to consider the issue about the pitch because they might get promoted to the Football League. I mean, what what a great problem to have. I mean, I know it's you know it's quite a controversial issue at the moment, but you know, what what an amazing position to be in that that's even a, an, an issue that's being talked about, you know? Yeah, go back a couple of seasons, we were in the, in the uh, Ryman, what's now the Bostic League. There was very real danger one season of Carl Shorten actually getting promotion to a division above us for the first time ever in history. Obviously things have gone slightly different since then for both of us but yeah as you say possibility of league football is just it's it's ridiculous so we're in March and there's the possibility still there it's just absolutely mad. But on that you you're at a solid match we expected it to be tough not sure we quite expected it to be quite so tough um, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, I thought um, I thought Dos was actually quite clever, and I think during the week he'd said something about you know don't don't see Solihull as a team that are in the bottom four, even though they are. Look at the form, look at the players they brought in, and I think in a way you know anyone who saw that will have actually taken notice and thought, yeah, hang on, you know our form's really good at the moment, and Solihull are in the bottom four, but actually if you look at it, this isn't going to be that easy, and that, and the game itself did prove that way. You know, it was it was a difficult game, it was uh, a physical game, I think to say the least, and uh, you know it took it took a while to get the breakthrough. And, you know, another, another thing I love about Sutton is, you know, you don't get any sort of frustration from the fans or, you know, any sort of, oh, come on, they're only in the bottom four, what's going on? You know, the fans really stick behind the team and the goal obviously did eventually come, you know, great time just before half-time. Lovely, lovely worked goal. And uh, I, don't, I don't know whether many people noticed this, but I think actually Doz deserves a bit of credit for the goal because uh, he, he shouted at Harry just before he took the corner, telling him that Kenny was lurking on the edge of the box and, uh, you know, he popped it back to him. Kenny got it in the box and then what a fantastic finish by Tom Bollerimba. So, uh, but yeah, you know, the rest of the game, it was it was hard fought and couldn't quite get that second goal to make things comfortable and second half was uh, fraught to say the least. I mean, you know, I've not been watching something that long, but even I was biting my fingernails last 10 minutes and, you know, a few crosses came in and they had a couple of chances, but uh, finally got through in the end and, yeah, what, what a massive three points, you know, but, it doesn't matter what the scoreline is at this stage of the season. Just got to keep getting those wins and putting pressure on Macclesfield. So yeah, re- really impressive win. I thought it was a little bit unfair when he said it wasn't a very exciting game because it probably yeah. was quite exciting. <laughs> Just it wasn't much quality, but it was um, it was exciting, especially if you, I suppose you weren't supporting either side. You were you were hooked on it. So you certainly couldn't take your eye off the game. You know, it may not have been a football feast, but uh, there was certainly enough going on to keep your attention. No, absolutely. And um, looking ahead, we're playing one of the very, well, few teams, because obviously the way the playoffs have, have changed now, one of the few teams that um, almost got nothing left to play for. They're, they're pretty much safe from relegation. They're not really anywhere near the playoffs. Um, Maidstone away. What are your thoughts there? I mean, is it one that we should just, again, nice professional job, get rid of it and get it out of the way? I mean, like you say, if they've got nothing to play for and they're in the table, then you'd like to think that that would mean, you know, Sutton are really up for it. Maidstone maybe take their eye off the ball a little bit. Maybe that will work in Sutton's advantage. And the fact, obviously, Sutton are on such great form, you know, you'd have to say Sutton should go there and get the result. Obviously, it's going to be difficult. I suppose Maidstone's another one of the teams that have got a 3G pitch. So whether that sort of works in Sutton's favour slightly, the fact that, you know, they're familiar with the surface, so it's not going to cause them any problems, I don't know. But yeah, you know, I'd certainly, I'd certainly back Sutton on current form to go down there and get a result and keep this pressure on Macclesfield. 
Absolutely. And and looking further ahead, I just had a quick look through the um, remaining fixtures. We've got um, nine games, including Maidstone left. Um, some big ones jump out. We've got Bromley um, at home, um, which obviously is going to be a difficult one. We've then got Fylde, who are just on fire at the moment. And last two is Ebbsfleet, who obviously um, have a few things to talk to us about, and Aldershot. Um, so even though this, we're ticking off, there's four games in that remaining sort of nine that are real difficult matches. I mean, they're all difficult, obviously, not no easy games, but those four, the teams are definitely going to be up against it for us. Absolutely. I mean, it's just great, isn't it? Like you said, there's, there's nine games left, certainly in a fantastic position. They've got some tough games to come up. And I did notice, uh, I was looking at the fixtures a few weeks ago and I saw older shot on the final day and I just thought, you know, they're in amongst it. Wouldn't it be, you know, could be an amazing game if promotion for one team, you know, could be decided on that day or if playoffs could get decided on that day. So, you know, there's bound to be plenty of twists and turns and tough games and, you know, plenty of, plenty of history there with Absolute, for example. So that's certainly not going to be a guarantee. But uh, no, you know, it, it's gone so well for the season so far. You know, I wouldn't expect something to suddenly drop off and, you know, feel the pressure. I think, you know, everyone's enjoyed how well they've done so far. And I really expect, you know, this group of players will be focused and determined to, finish as high as they possibly can and, you know, see, see what happens in nine games' time. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty strong characters in, in that changing room. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be taking their, their, their eye off it anymore. I spoke to um, Nicky Bailey a few weeks ago and he actually said the one team that they didn't want to finish above us was Macclesfield um, because of what went on up there um, in, the, in the game. So I'm absolutely sure they're going to be 100% focused. But unfortunately, we're in a situation of... It is a little bit out of our hands. Macclesfield do have the points on us, um, so we do need them to, to drop points elsewhere. Um, but even so, wherever we finish now, pretty much, we've got the highest um, points tally we've ever had in, uh, in, in the National League ever. Um, and we're very likely to be finishing in the highest position we ever would have. So it's going to be a successful season no matter what happens. But my God, it's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as I said before, people that have been watching Sutton for decades must be, you know, pinching themselves and thinking, what a fantastic season. No matter what happens between now and the end of the season, Sutton are going to finish the highest ever league position. They've had a brilliant season. And you know that with this manager and this bunch of players, whatever happens, they'll want to go better next season. So Sutton are in a very good position right now, that is for sure. Absolutely. And exciting times. And it seems like you're you're our good luck charm if you've, if you've been coming since... Uh, we've got the promotion uh, that December when we started raining in Ebbsfleet and uh, obviously the FA Cup run last year and this year. So make sure you keep coming. That's it. My team <laughs> ticket will be renewed and let's hope that the good luck charm continues. Excellent. Thank you very much, Craig. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks, I should imagine. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks once again, Craig, for your time. I really do appreciate it. It was very interesting for me to hear um, different viewpoints. Someone who's a newcomer to the club, it's nice to hear how we um, are welcoming, how people feel when they come along to us for the first time and encouraged to come back. So hopefully anyone who's listening who's thinking of coming on down, just come down, have a little chat with people. Try to avoid the miserable get standing on the little curved terrace to keep himself to himself. But I, I can be nice sometimes, but most of the other people in the ground are really, really nice. So come and say hi to them and come along and hopefully get a season ticket. Push us up to that 2000. So next up is a new single called Rise and Fall. It's by Blackwater Country. Please enjoy.
Listen here, tell me dear, what have you now got to fear? Took you long to realize, take it one day at a time You've been wasting the minutes in the hours of your days Look around and you'll find that it's just another way To kill some time for what you're worth Cause you don't have long on this earth So change your mind one more time That it makes no sense at all Just make a promise that you'll be the best you're rising for Rise and Fall, the new single by Blackwater Country. Their Facebook page is at Blackwater Country, or all their social media links will be on the blog post which will accompany this episode as usual. They sound really reminds me of someone. I can't work out who it is. It's from a few years ago, but if anyone can put their finger on it, please drop me a line, let me know, because it is driving me nuts. So I really would appreciate that, guys. Thank you very much. Now, whilst I was talking to my next guest, unfortunately, the phone signal was a little bit bad, and I was dancing around my room trying to get a better signal, standing on the chairs, trying to lie on the floor bit too starstruck to actually ask him to stop doing uh, stop talking and move around himself but unfortunately when the audio came through it was even worse than i thought it was i have cleaned it up as much as possible i do think it's worth listening to i think it was a really really good interview so here he is now joining me my next guest uh, the brand new hall of famer um legend denny i mean sorry lenny dennis how are you today <laughs> lenny? <laughs> i'm all right mike thanks very much that's a lovely that's a lovely introduction 
Um, <laughs> did that come as a bit of a surprise? Oh, God. It was a bit of a shock because um, I've known Mark for quite a few years and, and uh, uh, he's on my Facebook now. So I'm always ribbing him about, you know, when am I going to get up there in lights and stuff like that. And he's always, he always just laughs and jokes it off. So um, I wasn't really expecting it because, um, I mean, you can just, uh, I can reel off all the names and, and everything, you know, a lot of guys who I thought would have been in front of me, you know, especially during the team, uh, within the team I played for, you've got Paul Rogers, Jonesy, um, Ron Farron, you've got a lot of guys, Phil Dawson, you know, lots of guys who have been at the club from probably youth team football to turning pro, especially Paul. So I was I was a bit surprised that he wasn't on there, but I think he should be. If Mark's listening to this, <laughs> next on there should be Paul Rogers. He was, you know, I, I think when I turned up at the club, um, I came in as a forward, even though a lot of people wouldn't <laughs> understand that. And Paul was playing up front, um, but but then from the Bogner game when I made my debut, Paul played in the hole, where later Mickey Cornwall decided to take that as his own sort position but that's where Paul was playing and he just went on from strength to you know from strength to strength and ended up with his best game I think when he played against Middlesbrough he was he was just totally ran the show in midfield home and away so um, you know there's a lot of players over the years I've played with who should have I think gone in front of me. (laughs) Well you could argue that you made Paul Rogers into the player he is or he was. (laughs) Yeah you moved him back into midfield. (laughs) Well, well, Paul was such a good player that he can adapt and play anywhere. And uh, um, I um, actually think that that position, just playing behind the front two, was his best. Or maybe even just playing in front of that four. You know, because he's so fit, he could he could just get up and down, up and down, up and down all day. On top of that, on top of being a good player, he was a nice guy as well. Sometimes get one of those, but not both. <laughs> Well, I have to say that at the time, my sort of year I started supporting the club is actually the year after the Middlesbrough game. You two were my standout favourite players. You got the check in the post. Oh, thank you. I think my first few games, you you must have gone on this nice reign of of, of scoring because I seem to remember you scoring in almost every game when I was youngster, obviously. Oh, I've seen the, I've seen the stats. You you scored one in, one in every two games, which is pretty damn decent. But I do seem to remember yeah. every game I come back from, you had scored. You've obviously mentioned some of the players, and I can see, as you say on your Facebook, you are really close to them. Still, after all these years, there's a lot of little banter and a lot of nice comments between you, even before this Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah. There's lots and lots of things going on between you, which is. It's, I have to admit, it's quite amusing to me to sit there. I keep trying to explain to my um, Premier League supporting friends and be like. Mm. You don't understand that. That'd be like you seeing a conversation between Kerry Dixon and Pat Nevin. <laughs> it's yeah. it's that kind of yeah. thing for me. It's just so you get on with them after all these years. Do you ever see each other? Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's quite funny. Um, for most of the team, I, I'm, I mean, if you go through the, the the team that I was really playing in for about six or four years, you had the same squad. So you've got going from the fact Robin Jones, who I was still in touch, playing. Playing throughout the whole team, you know, um, Edgar Aratifi, um, Ethan Fuku, Tony Raines, Mickey Stevens, uh, Mickey Cornwall, Stuart Hemsley, Paul, Paul Rogers, when I, when I see him around sometimes. You know, you've got these guys who, in the end, we were like a little family because um, we all stuck up for each other. You know, stood up for each other. When, when the um, present 
um, sat and seen played the other day, and we all got together. It was like we were just meeting up for training night. You know, <laughs> like we hadn't seen each other for years and years, but the banter was still there, the Mickey taking was still there. It was hilarious. It was really funny. So whenever we do meet, it's it's as if it's just like a group of mates getting on, and we can chat about everything. Some 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 things not not mainly football. We just talk about general life, and um, we still get on really well. Nigel Golly, Mark Golly, you know, all all the guys, really. That's excellent. And I've, I've mentioned to a few different people, I tend to only look at something. I'm, not, I'm one of these weird people. I don't really follow too much football outside of something. It does seem that there's always a really good relationship with former players. Everyone's really welcome back, likes coming back. Do you get that with your other clubs? Well, yeah, um, uh, it's quite funny. Pro- probably the two clubs where I had a really good bond with players, and I'm still in touch with the players, will probably be Sutton and Welling. Um, we had a similar dressing room, Welling, um, when I was, you know, during my second spell in 91, 92, 93 season. Um, it was a similar type of dressing room, you know. And we had Mark there as well. Mark was there, um, Derek, Derek Brown. You know, we had a real good group of players and it was a good good bond. And it was similar to um, similar to Sutton, really. But but even going back to when I played in, in Sweden for a season, um, this was in 89. And all those years later, I've got about five or six of the guys on my Facebook and we still chat. <laughs> and I was only there I was only there for six months, but they're like, <laughs> you know, they're these French friends and I just kept in touch with them and, and they were uh, you know, because I found over the years, um, you can you can play with some players in the squad. You don't necessarily they're not bosom bosom buddies that you, you really want to talk for a drink with weekend. No, um you're in the team to do a job with and um you just get on with it. You don't really socialise them. But then there's yeah. some other guys who are the complete opposite, who, as I said before, you could go for a meal and not talk about football at all. You could talk about everything else, politics, and you could just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk without even talking about football and just get on really well. So I think I people who I could really say are true friends who I've met through football uh, could be over 20, 25. Yeah. Who would who would be real friends who I could even say, okay, we're on holiday, and blah blah blah. But then there are other people who you wouldn't classify <laughs> that, but you could you could play with them and get on really well and be successful. But then you have a drink in the bar and then you you go home, yeah. you know, separate, and you don't even exchange numbers. But that's the same at work. You can look at the workplace the same as people that you don't really go for a drink with, but you just yeah. get on with because you've got to. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, sure, we'll discuss the Coventry match, one of the biggest games there ever was at the time. You yeah. shared the field there with one of my other absolute heroes, Cyril Regis. Cyril, yeah. Cyril Regis. Yeah, he. Yeah. My, oh my God. My claim to fame is he went to the same school I did about fifteen years before me, but I'm still, oh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm still taking it. <laughs> I don't care. Mm. <laughs> he was oh, a couple wow. of years younger I'll, than my dad. Yeah, I was just so nervous. Not about the game, um, it was mainly about just trying to meet Civil Regis because he was like an icon to me. As a black player, um, growing up, you know, within the sort of 70s and 80s, there was a lot of racism in football. And um, even when I went to Sutton, you, you were going to some places, I don't know what name was, but people around that time who used to support was known the places. And there was a lot of racism coming from um, 
supporters, not not necessarily players, occasional player would try it, but I'd, I'd verbally um, reply <laughs> <laughs> to what he had. I won't go into detail, and and I could handle that if it was from another player. I'd just give it back. Yeah. Um, but when it when it's from seven and eight year old children, when you're walking along in the tunnel, going back from the warm up or coming out at half time, and, and you get little children. You know, there's one, there was one club, I won't name them, but they were contention for the conference title with us at one point, and the team begins moved by in the base in Somerset. They had, they had a really racist crowd at the time, but then um, I think it was Tony Jennings took over from Wilson, and all of a sudden half of their squad were black. And it was the funniest thing in football. <laughs> I just could not stop laughing, and I was so looking forward to go and play there. And uh, when I went there, I was waiting for a verbal attack as I came out to warm up. And the supporters, they couldn't say a word because I was <laughs> seeing the black. I found that that was one of the funniest things. Um, my, myself and Edgar, the teacher, we couldn't stop laughing. We were keeping ourselves in the warm-up because they couldn't say anything. But the look on their face was pure hatred. So I just couldn't, couldn't understand because half of their team well, that guys, and they were doing really well. Well, yeah, I, it, it just sounds nice. Yeah, I, I, ne- I honestly never understood that. As I said, um, because he was at my school, that, that's why he was an idol to me. And it was only years and years later when I sort of reading different things about him that I even knew about some of this kind of stuff because yeah. I grew up and yeah. like the Arsenal team with Paul Davis, um, Rokas, yeah. and all that. And it was only when I was reading one of their autobiographies that they were saying they, they looked up to him as he was a trailblazer. And I was like, but when I was watching oh, yeah. football, it was normal. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. an odd thing. But what was he like? Did you actually get to meet him? I didn't even get to meet him. Oh, no. On the pitch, um, I had one. Um, I've got the picture. I'm, I'm sort of standing next to him. I can't remember why I, what, you know, why I was in that position, but I was standing next to him and I've got that picture. But then afterwards, I was desperate to see him in the bar. But, but they... they you know, they didn't want to hang around in the bar. Mm-hmm. And um, they they just shot off early and I didn't, didn't get to see him at all. Oh, no. And, and I was, I went home that night and, and I was I was quite, quite down. People told me, oh, well done, well done. And then he went and I was like, yeah, what's wrong? And he get to meet him. And I was desperate to meet him because I used to follow um, Paris when I was younger, but I always used to look out for the Jaguar. And always wanted to watch their games because it was him, uh, Laurie Cunningham, putting them back to Remy Moses, you know, to, to actually perform at a high level, despite getting all the all the grief that they were getting on the pitch, was phenomenal. You know, it really was, really was good. And yeah. um, something that should be applauded is more now, I think. You know, when you look back and hear all the chanting, it's uh, abysmal, really, it's, really is terrible. Yeah, it's, I mean, the world's changed dramatically, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. Anything yeah, like that, you just yeah. wouldn't even be thought of. I mean, a video of some people chanting to Nathan Ashmore, the goalkeeper, that pineapple on right. your head. Um, oh, and God, it's a haircut joke, but someone sort of yeah. very quickly said, no, hang on a minute, that's not right. And these kids are kind of like, why? It's not racist. Well, actually, it, it can be taken. So it, was, it sort of jumped on quite quickly of, no, this is how it can be taken. You need to understand that, that how these things start. So I, I think the world has definitely moved on. Um, and it's thanks to, obviously, players we mentioned, and, and you're like yourself as well, just doing what you did and um, changing people's yeah. opinions. Well, that's it. That's it. You know, yeah. So... 
on the commentary match, you've obviously, for some reason, you, you, you mentioned you were down after it. Um, <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean. Um, but that, yeah. that must have been an amazing moment, the weeks after it, and oh, everyone's sort of attention on you. No, it was the following week. We were, we were, we were coming back from a game because we, were, we went up north to play a game. We're coming back, and there were these guys on there, and they kept staring at us, staring at us. And one of the guys said to me, um, um, you guys footballers? So we said, oh, well, we'll um, we're not full-time, we're just 7 12. And he said, oh, oh, I thought you were um, a big club like Southend United FC. And we're like, no, we're Southend United FC. And these guys were like, oh, right. And then they went, oh, so what league do you play in then? And so we went from thinking, oh, well, we've been recognised for beating. <laughs> and they thought we were Southend United. Well, <laughs> it, it must please you to know that every conversation, up until very recently, every conversation of anyone that ever says, Oh, who just sports son? Oh, the team that beat Coventry. And it's like, yeah, yeah that was 20 odd years ago. Yeah. But yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was made. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, obviously going to be biased, but when you look at it, we were amateurs, total amateur, well, we semi pro, totally semi pro. We all had jobs. So uh, we only trained Tuesdays and Thursdays for a couple of hours each night. So all the other nights, we had to do our own thing. You know, I had to go for a run or go for a swim or go for the uh, gym or anything. But we went full time, um, and also we we actually beat a Premiership team who had previously won the cup the season before or the season before that. Yeah, and so I think they were they were third or something in the league at the time as well. And they were third, so so really, uh, even though a lot of people were saying, "Oh, anyway, it's just felt great because they got to the fifth round," I said, "Well, no, it isn't because it depends on your draw. If you get a good draw, then you can go further." I mean, they did, um, they did go further than us. So you can look at it that way and say, yeah, they were better because they went further. But then you could say, but did they beat a premiership team? And they didn't. So there's two ways of looking at it. You know, I'm really pleased that they went that far. But also, you know, they didn't beat a premiership team. <laughs> I don't know some people might have a go at me when they go back down to go into lane, but... No, I think I think the you know, two we did. We did yeah, I think the two stand up as two brilliant, fantastic moments. I mean, both of them are brilliant. Both yeah. of them are brilliant. I mean, we, but, um, you know, you know, you can't say one was better than no, the other. No, totally different. Different um, areas of football. Totally, yeah, that's it. Totally different areas. Totally different styles. So it's hard to compare it. Really, yeah. it's really hard to compare it. But I think we did better. <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, after that, you, you... Well, I was in tears at the Norwich match, but we'll skip over that one. We were just... Um, it's just weird because we, we um, turned up and we were all sort of quite cocky and confident, even though it was a way of Norwich. And uh, I think Norwich were that special theatre at that time. They were doing it as well. But um, I remember Barry, his, his um, crewmate's thought, he said to us, oh, it's really good. He said, Rosario is playing. And he's their best player, and he's not available, so we're going to win lots of headers. Nigel, I expect you to win all the headers. We're going to get all the knockdowns, midfield, and blah, blah, blah. And they put Fleck. Yeah. I think I've been fed, mate. And, and Fleck was really hungry to play in the team. I think he got four goals that day. Yeah. So afterwards, I think somebody said to Barry, I thought you said, um, you know, that we'd do well in Barry didn't. Start laughing because it was one of those moments where you couldn't cry about it. We were totally outclassed, totally outclassed. There was so, we'll get close to them. 
yeah. could not get Muslim all day. And then I think they had one shot, which I knew why they should have got the target. I just, um, I think I was so shocked to get a little bit of space. I could have shot him, but I think he went to that next or something like that. But um, no, they were, they were brilliant. We didn't hold their hands up. You know, that there's a gulf in class, complete gulf in class. I didn't even want to see him. I didn't want to watch that. <laughs> But you then went on to win an international cap. Yeah, oh, that was that was funny. Um, the story behind that was I was I was at Sutton at the time, and I was I was doing quite well. Um, I think I came fourth or fifth top goal scorer in the league, and I was doing well. And um, Tony, I, I, um, I think it was Tony James who was the manager at the time. I was, I was scoring week in week out. I was getting a few hat tricks. I said I got. Patrick against Bath in two weeks in a row, and I was scoring against some bigger teams as well. And I never once got called up. I was thinking, hey, what, what's going on? And you know, there were other players who were playing um, who weren't really scoring. They were scoring each week. Some of them were injured. And it was getting a couple of games. I just thought, well, let me leave it until the end of the season. And there he goes. I was playing, I was scoring, which you know, me, me and Makarak Thunder were doing well, was scoring, was scoring, but it was good for Thunder. Still nothing. So, my uncle pulled up the Wigan football profession, uh, and he said, blah, 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 my money through plays for so and so, so and so, it's been well, this league that we spent time coming and watching, and he did. He sent someone up, and I did quite well in the trials, but I didn't know um, that this guy was watching me. Um, so so he came to watch a few games and I scored a few goals and I got a letter from him inviting me over to play some games friends. so I went over there um, and uh, I remember when I landed it roasting it was about 11 in the morning just the plan I was dripping and he took me to the hotel and he said okay I'll pick you up in two hours and I thought oh that's great we can get out for some good he said no now we're training like 10 and a half hours ago, and, and it was roasting, and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to get some sleep and get some work. Nope. So we went and played. Um, the next day, we had um, a game against a top Jamaican team, where we won 3 0 and I scored two. And we had another game against a touring team, and we won 1 0 and I scored. And so he said to me, right, well, I'm going to put you in for the, the same game, which was the Holding leg of the um, qualifying rounds for the World Cup at that time, for the 1991 that started back in '88, qualifying rounds for there. So um, he put me in, and kickoff was um, just after midday in, in Kingston, and there were uh, it was going to be live on TV. There was 20, 26,000 in the National Stadium kickoff, you know, during midday sort of thing. And I was absolutely shattered. First half I came off and I was you know, because I was really tired. I was getting involved in play and everything, but I just couldn't shelf, I couldn't I just felt really sick. So at half time, um I had to lie on the floor uh, on my back with my legs up on the bench. So I could get some feeling back <laughs> I went out the second half, um and I had a statue on the post. And uh, came off 0-0. And 
And um, Max was sort of on at me, saying, oh, she's scored, she's scored, she's scored, blah, blah, blah. If it, if it wasn't for him, we would have won, or nil, or blah, 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 blah. And um, the guy defended me because he said, well, we didn't get any balls into him, we didn't get any crosses into him, we were defending a lot of the game, and stuff like that. So the return game was in Missouri, and uh, we were over there, and um, we were training. And he was asking me to um, help out with the forwards by getting the balls. And, and they were shooting at the game. And I started laughing. And he said, no, you need to go behind and knock out with the other guys. Um, who were the squad players. And I went, are you having a laugh? I, said, I was talking to the guys that you have a laugh. I went, what? I said, so why am I here if you want me to collect your balls? I've been playing, scoring in the games, and we didn't win, but it was nil-nil, and they want me to collect. So anyway, I didn't, I wasn't even on the bench, I think, because I spoke back to him. I wasn't on the bench for the game in Missouri, but we lost 5-1. And then in the newspaper, they still blame me because they said Dennis should have been playing <laughs> in those conditions because it was, it was raining and it was a bit chilly in Missouri at the time. It was buggy and it did suit our play. So um, Dennis was used to those conditions in England would have been, would have been better. So anyway, so next, Week they sacked the manager and they went with uh, the guy who um, was um, coached in Jamaica and everything, the local guy. And he got rid of all the foreign based players, maybe one, two guys from uh, Canada and one from America. They just didn't use any foreign players for about 10, 15 years until it came, and until it came up and so they started using more. More. No, no, sorry, it wasn't that long. It, it was a few years they came up yeah. for the next part. But yeah, and then we started looking at um, a few more English-based players because we got rid of that guy. Yeah. We got in the Brazilian guy who was really good. And he started looking um, at England, English-based players. He took on about five or six. And then he was going, he was going to France as well, looking at nationality. You know, like nationality and then uh, Jamaican football was really good. It was really on the up. And then after that, um, they got rid of him. They sacked him, and it's gone back down again. There's a lot of corruption going on and embezzlement and stuff like that, which, which is sad because there's a lot of really good players there. Um, yeah. But it's just gone a bit pressure. But it was an experience. I was so loved it. I really, 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 really loved it. And um, it's, it's a really good experience. I I'll perish. And now, after football, you're a teacher. Yeah, yeah. I um, I went to Sweden, and the year after I um, did the Jamaica thing, I came back and I was a technician. I was I was a qualified technician, old original, which is which is funny because basically I was fixing the old video recordings and IHPs and and stuff like that. So. Whenever we used to travel away on coach and the old VHS players used to pack up, and Bruce Elliott used to always bring these um, old VHS ones of oh, Dazzle 14. Oh my God. <laughs> I used to watch the same one every away game. It used to be Dazzle 14 or 101 Best Goals. <laughs> Those are the only two VHS things I think we ever, you know, we ever had. So we used to watch. I mean, used to watch those all the way to Frickley and all the way back. All, you know, Saturday, we've been, you know, just for the whole season. But um, whenever the video recorded, I could say, let me come and sort this out, will you? 
<laughs> it was normally the leads that fell out the <laughs> that fell out the back. But but the year after Jamaica, I went to um, Sweden. I got there through Paul McKinnon because Macca was getting married that year and he couldn't go out, so he just asked whether I fancied it. And I went for a trial and they asked me over for the season. I loved it. Absolutely, really, really. A lot of people will say that I needed to work on my first touch. <laughs> and I think my first my first touch was the best at that point because basically we were playing on AstroTurf and you didn't have any any other option but to try to have a fairly good first touch. So when I came back, people would something happened. I came back and then I stayed um, in the same job for about six months. And then a friend of mine, Dave, Dave Goodwin, who's now helps at Newcastle, um, got me um, to sign up to, to teach training in 1990. It's best thing I've ever done. Really, really was going to do the four year. And being on his degree, thankfully I got through that. So now I now I teach. Um, actually, I was teaching secondary. Um, then I went on to do um, primary as a classroom teacher. So I'm teaching everything. And now, for the past four years, I'm just PE um, in a school in Dunley. which I love, so I get to coach about nine different sports. We do football, mini tennis. Rugby, swimming, athletics, gymnastics, a whole lot. So I managed to coach everything and um, it's, it's really good. Really, really good. You get some really good little players and it's good to sort of guide them along and say, they'll do this or do that, don't do this, don't do that. And there's some really good little players around. But yeah, that's been my, that's been my story. But I mean, stories wise, playing football, I could write a book for the different <laughs> Different characters are the funniest. If, I, if somebody would say to me, who are the funniest players you play with? Paul Rogers have got to be up there. Paul, they were crazy. The, the Paul Rogers, George Thornton, um, Stuart Massey, and um, oh, who else? There's one other. There's there like a little gang of them. That you have to be very careful where you put your shoes. Be careful where you put trainers. But you come back after having a shower and all the clothes be gone. <laughs> Where's all the clothes gone? And they'll be running out the and laughing or something like that. You have to look around see your clothes. Or, and we we came from, I think it was, where was it? We went strictly away and um, we're pulling into the station and the girl of our or Francis decided to have a nap, which is the worst thing you could do around <laughs> Maxi and um and um oh, George and all that like, all that and they started to they just covered his whole head with alcohol powder. He was sleeping all this time. Covered him completely with alcohol powder. And as as he went to get up, he just looked, he was just covered. All in his laser, all in his hair, all in his he went absolutely went potty. Now, this is an office. <laughs> I'm used to Crazy. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Well, I am going to wrap it up in a little bit, um, but I just want yeah. to double check. And is it true that there was one person in the ground that wasn't so pleased you got your Hall of Fame? 
and her eyes roll to the back of the head because she's heard all these stories all her life. Oh, <laughs> probably Christine. <laughs> oh no, well, Christine. I, was thinking, I was thinking your daughter. Surely oh, she's oh, like, oh no, please yeah. don't give him validation of all this. <laughs> well, I don't know, I've always said, oh, well, this is what I've always said. Oh, this is the medical program. She's never interested in football. She's never really interested in football. She's never really interested in her, her passion is dance. And she's really dance. She's at DMB Performing Arts College. And she's signed with agency. So she's really making me proud. She's been so well there. I tried to convert her to football, and um, when she was small, she said she used to like watching. I was like, oh, that was good, darling. Why is that? Oh, because I love the uniforms that they wear. They're not uniforms, they're shit. And they're not, they're not stockings, they're socks. But she... Uh, I really used to support her. Well, I didn't think of her that much. Um, with, with sort of parcel and things and stuff. She said that when she, when she came on Saturdays, she really, she really didn't realise how important the club is in her side. She's so glad that she came along because she wasn't going to come along. But she's glad that she came along for her to actually understand what the club means to a lot of people. And um, I was explaining it to her and what a bond we have as players and as supporters and supporters. And she'd sit there and say, yes, sir, yes, sir. And she didn't, she didn't realise until she came down on the how most of the players were and the board and everything and, and, and as I said it's, it's a club that probably along with Welling at that time were similar I think that's why I got on and I probably played my best at Sutton and, and Welling but it wasn't just that it, you know the two managers were similar as well with um, Kevin Howes and Barry they, uh, they were similar types of managers they weren't shouting and ranting and raving if I had a good game, then they'd come up and tell you, oh, what I'm going to need if it's right, you know. Uh, if I had a bad game, they would, both of them would just come up to me, pull me to one side and say, well, you're just not better than that, then can't you? And just walk off. Harry, Harry had a way of saying that to me. He'd come up to me and just say, you think you played well? I'd be like, no, I didn't. And he'd just walk off. <laughs> he wouldn't say anything else. But, but the way, the way I would know that I, had a good game uh, since I arrived at the club. When I first arrived at the club, I was in awe of all those, you know, Tony, um, Tony, John, um, Maka, all of those players. It's, they were like the Man United of non-league football at that time. So to be asked to go there, I was in shock. I thought they got me mixed up with someone. And um, Barry <coughs> time would, would, would never give out praise. Um, but a person to never give a place to Larry, they would never, ever say anything. Even if I scored a goal, I'd go in the bar and I'd see him and he'd just turn away. Until one game, one game, I think I did quite well in the game, and he actually said to me, well done. That was it. Didn't say anything else. But if you get a well done from Larry, then you know <laughs> you've done well because, you know, he's such a good coach. His knowledge of the game is just unbelievable. Or for someone like Larry to say, well done. I think I slept that night. I was so pleased. Because if, you know, someone of his stature from um, Southern, somebody says, well done. And Mac the same as well, Paul. If Paul said to me, well done, then I know I've had a good game. You know, so... Um, but but I think I was... Um, a lot of my time at Welling, not, maybe not the majority, but a lot of it, I was lucky to be 
in a team at that time that played to my strengths. I could have been in a team that didn't play to my strengths, which happened in my first spell at winning, where the ball was just pumped in corners and it didn't suit me at all, so I didn't really do well. But the second time I was there, it worked out because I was with Ollie, Ollie Mora, so we had a good understanding, but we play off each other. But I was, I think, the years I was at something where um, we got well. I just think I was lucky enough to be in a in a team that suited my style. And I was I was chatting about that to Tony the other day um, on Saturday, and he said the same. He said that uh, we were all um, at the, um, in the right place at the right time around players that sort of suited sort of the way that we played. It worked out well. So we were just we all clicked together. But you know, um, maybe it was more than fortune because. We just all still get on with it really well, and that isn't really that that common in a lot of football these days, or any any form, any way of life. So I think we're quite lucky. Yeah, absolutely, and we we were lucky to watch, and it's cost me quite a lot of money over the years since you lot have hooked <laughs> on it. So, well, well, I'm sure if you have a chat with Tony, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you won't mind. I'll definitely try and do that. Um, oh, well, I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, just congratulations okay. again. Thank you very oh, much for your time. Thank you. And, and um, uh, thanks for asking me to do this. It's really good. You're more than welcome, Denny. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. It was a real shame about the audio, slightly out of my control and definitely beyond my skill set to fix it once it had happened. Hopefully people persevered and thought it was well worth listening to. If you did, thank you very much. If you didn't fully understand, I may use it as an excuse to get Lenny back on the show in the future. So he might want to add me to his block call list. In all seriousness, thank you very much to Lenny and Craig for their time. Really appreciated. Also, thank you to all the artists who allowed me to use their music in the show today. You can find out about them on the website, which is www.suttonpodcast.co.uk and heading to the featured artist section, where indeed all the music from anyone who's ever featured on the show is, is on there in a list order. Final track for us today has actually been recommended to me by a Sutton fan, Marcus Franceskin. They're some friends of his. If you've got some friends who you want to help promote their single or if indeed your own music, just drop me an email, which is suttonpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, which is at suttonpodcast. And I'll try my best to include it in the show for you. And um, these guys are called The Fun Die Young. Their Twitter account is at The Fun Die Young. This is their single called The One. Hopefully you'll enjoy it and I will see you at the Chester match. Good luck to the guys against Maidstone and hopefully we'll get the... Thank you. Bye-bye.
I'm breaking down these walls again You are the one, you are the one, you are the one Oh, can you feel it? I'm breaking down these walls again You are the one, you are the one, you are the one Question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.